Hey guys, it's Mandy. Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to take a minute to thank my patrons. You are the ones making this possible. You are the ones keeping restorative grief, both on the airwaves and in the lives of people who need grief support and a better understanding of how to support themselves through their losses. So if you're interested in joining us, you can visit my website, mandykpart.com, for all the links to check out the premium episodes and premium content that are available to you by becoming a patron. Welcome back to Restorative Grief with Mandy Capehart. You are listening to episode 57, titled, What Do You Want? with Donna Tashjan. Today, we are talking about some of the questions you may want to ask yourself when you realize you are ready to take action on behalf of your own grief process. Donna is a life mastery coach and the founder of Vibrant Living, who is asking us to ask these questions of our powerless, uncontrollable circumstances before we give in to feeling helpless. Donna's work and the free masterclass that she'll reference in the episode is linked in our show notes below, so be sure to check it out later. But for now, let's go talk with Donna Tashjan. I do want to offer a content warning. This conversation contains a brief mention of sexual assault of a minor in Donna's story. Please listen with discretion. Well, hello, Donna. Thank you so much for being on Restorative Grief with me today. How are you? I am doing amazing today, Mandy. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Yeah, thank you for asking. I want to take a moment before I hand the mic over and just tell people who you are. You are a life mastery coach. You're the founder of Vibrant Living International. And I think it's beautiful. And what you've told me already, I love. But Give us a little bit more. Why don't you tell us in your own words what a Life Mastery Coach is and what Vibrant Living International means to you? Well, Vibrant Living International, I think, at least I hoped in the name, it says it all, <laughs> being able to help us live vibrantly. And what does that look like for our, each of us? It is uh, something that is unique to what does vibrant living mean to you? To, and to be able to do that in a way that feels authentic, it feels it feels good. Um, life mastery coach, I call myself that is I want the my clients that I work with and people that I engage with to master life. So many times we feel like life is mastering us. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and we're just just hanging on or you know the last two years, two and a half years of most of our lives, we would have never imagined, yeah. let alone all of the things that happened in our personal lives um, through this past period of time. But even before that, life has just felt like we don't have any control right. and we don't, we feel powerless as if life is mastering us. And my goal is to bring a little bit of inspiration and tips and tools to help us to live vibrantly and to master life. I love that. I, I really love the part where you spoke of we have no control versus we feel powerless because I feel like those are not the same things, no. the, the experience of them. So can you talk a little bit about how you would present those differently so that someone could feel maybe that there is a path forward for them? Well, when I say control, 
there is a franticness or fear of mm-hmm. I need to hold everything really tight and keep everything safe. Um, and as we go on, we will talk about the, you know, what fear can do to us. It never, that type of thing, I I often say it this way. So if I can prepare for something, prepare, if I think about something bad happening ahead of time, that means I can prepare for it and stop it from happening. That's the thoughts. Right. But does that ever work? No. (laughs) We're close to it. (laughs) it. It never works, but we keep trying to make that work. Yeah. By controlling everything. It's like if you grew up in any type of an abusive environment, if you read the room and you can prevent it, maybe that that backlash of whatever you're afraid of won't happen. And it might a little bit of the time, but you live on pins and needles all the time. Yeah. And so whatever can that that feeling I need to control everything is a constrictive feeling. Yeah. It is not a freeing feeling and it generally, and 90% of the time or more, it does not produce the results that you hoped it would. Right. And so how would you contrast then the feeling of powerlessness versus that feeling of control and trying to control something? Because the way we manifest, in my opinion, both of those can be very different, especially with the outcome. Yes. The control to me is a more proactive stance. You are doing something to try to make something better. And it is more active, even though it is contractive. Powerless has a sense of hopelessness to me. There are similarities in them. But when I think of powerless, it's hopeless. It is also constrictive but it is hopelessness is just keeps coming for me. It's just, I'm, I'm not being authentic. I am not telling you what I think. I am not giving you anything. I am just, I don't have any power and, and I'm really not being authentic at all. Yeah. And I think too, as a griever myself, but also just working with people, I know the experience of feeling both of those both feeling out of control and feeling powerless. And I, I love the way that you present um, this idea that we're going to go into about using our imagination and our intuition just to pull that authentic version of ourselves really more to the surface and and find a way to empower us. Because I think of the flip side of that, of being in control versus being empowered, I would choose empowerment over being in control of something 100% of the time. And so where I'm curious then for you, where you would take a client who who says that, who says, okay, I'm ready to do something different with what I'm experiencing in life. I do feel powerless. I do feel out of control. Where do I go from here? One of the first questions I ask is what would you like to be experiencing? Mm-hmm. What would you want to experience instead? One of the things that grief does is, and I do not coach people specifically on grief, but anytime there's trauma, there's grief attached to it. Um, because grief isn't just death, right? Grief is loss, major loss in your life. 
um, I didn't realize it a little bit about my history. Um, for those of you who don't know me at the age of 14, someone close to my family, um, hurt me and I became pregnant. And at 15, I'm a mother and I went and my whole pregnancy, I cried a lot of it. And I did not realize that I was grieving and it continued all of the things that I thought I would be doing as a 16 year old Yeah, that I was no longer doing uh, or not even having the possibility of doing. And it, grief can look and it catches you off guard. It takes your breath away. It, it gives you a sense of um, fear and uh, powerlessness and, uh, you're wanting to control everything, but you've lost control because you don't even know how to go forward. That's my experience in, in that's the story that I'm sharing. I've had other situations, but that was a major one. And to try to experience that as a child, all of those kind of things is part of it. So what I would tell them first is what do you want to experience? One of my favorite books, I've got a lot of, I'm a reader. One of my favorite books that I read, Stephen Covey's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. <laughs> now, there was a lot of things that I wasn't a crazy about in the book. They kind of, it grows on you, but chapter two stuck with me and it is entitled, Begin with the End in Mind. Sure. And so what that book, the story is about is if you were going to attend, now this is fairly strange for a 20 year old to be doing, but if you were going to attend your funeral, mm. what would you want people to be saying about you? Yeah. What would be the eulogy that people would be speaking about you and then begin to be that person. And that gives you your power back when you feel powerless, that gives you good kind of control. Yeah. The good kind, not the frantic kind is when we begin to say, I want to be someone who's strong. I want to be someone who's kind. I want to be someone who's confident. I want to be someone who's peaceful, happy. And then you're like, oh, so what can I do today that can bring me closer to who I want to be? And sometimes it's taking a shower, you know, sometimes it's, it's, I want to be, I want to have good relationships. It's calling a friend and just say, I'm thinking about you. It gets our eyes off of our problems and our past and gets us to begin to look down the road that this is a chapter of my book of life, not my whole life. And that brings hope that brings um, direction and that brings little baby steps to be able to move you towards your goal. Donna, thank you for being vulnerable, first of all, and sharing that very raw and real story of your own life, because that's an incredibly foundational trauma that you experienced. And so your willingness to even just bring that up means a lot. So thank you. Um, I love what you said about how regaining that level of powerfulness in your story by beginning with the end in mind gives you the right kind of control. The word that came to mind for me was influence. It actually mm -hmm. gives you the ability to influence who you are becoming. And that is all of our 
goals in life, right? Is to become someone that we want to be, that we're proud of. And I think that along the way, all of our grief events and the losses we suffer really are quick to derail us from that vision of what we want in our life. How do you participate in that vision for your life using imagination and intuition as a tool? Because I know that that's something you're quite adept at. Um, well, when you've been so derailed, it's hard to see past the pain. Yeah. Um, and so beginning to use imagination is very forward thinking for me. It's beginning. Well, what would I like my life to look like? And I created a vision, um, that I wanted to be happily married. I wanted to have other kids. I'm 16. Of course, these are my thoughts. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> I wanted to finish high school. I had, I wanted to be some, well, there was a part of me that, you know, for those of you maybe you saw my picture in the, the podcast or have seen me, I'm a redhead and there's a little bit of sass, just a little, <laughs> little bit of sass. So I wanted to prove people wrong because there was a lot of words that were being spoken about me and the situation I found myself in. And so there was the, to me, imagination is beginning to imagine the good possibilities of what you would like your life to look like. We are adapt at imagining the worst. Yeah. But that's really fear, not faith imagination can be either we can imagine my life is over why bother it's done everything I ever hoped for is lost and I felt all of those things lots of anger frustration resentment shame embarrassment you name it mm-hmm. all of those were emotions that I felt and so learning to be able to look down the road I, that book thing, book analogy really spoke to me is like, okay, I, I'm, I'm a reader so I can relate. This is this bad section of this is the trauma. This is, and this is, and then the rest of the story with the happy ending is how it's going to turn out. <laughs> and I'm the writer of my book. Yes. Things throw us off. Things surprise us. Things happen, but I still get to choose who I want to be in response to life's events. I can be the one which most girls in that time frame become very promiscuous on social services, have multiple children. All of those kind of things were words that were predicted. Yeah, it's that ACEs score, right? The adverse childhood yeah. experiences Maybe. that plays yes. into it. And I'm going to make sure that there's some resources about ACEs in the show notes, because I I think too few of us know about them. And so few of us recognize the impact they can have on our lives. Even as we move forward, like it would be really easy to be, you sound like a little more like me, who's more probably an optimistic glass half full kind of a human. Whereas I'm certain people who are listening, who are a pessimistic glass half empty people are saying, oh, that must be nice to be able to feel positive and hopeful about your future. And the truth is, while we can't control the outcome of our lives, we can't manipulate the story as much as we are authoring our own pages, we can set the tone 
for how we respond. And we set yeah. the tone for our, our actions by being really insightful about who we are and where we're coming from compassionately yeah. for ourselves. Absolutely. I would love to give the illusion that at, at that age, when that happened to me, that I was all positive and things were going to be wonderful. Yeah. I cried for the entire pregnancy, just yeah. about. I did not believe things were going to turn out well at that moment, but it began to say, what do I want Right. the rest of my life? And one thing that helped me through it was I, it wasn't just me anymore. You know, I have a baby now I'm going to have a baby. So what do I want to create for my life? Did I have any clue how I was going to get there and what I was going to do, how it was going to work out? No none of that. And so I don't want to minimize at all people's pain and saying that, you know, just be happy. Right. Come on, <laughs> let's be real. That's just not reality. Right. It is while tears are running down my face saying, who do I want to be next year? Yeah. It's who do I want to be in six months from now? Who, what do I want to be accomplishing or doing? And so it's not to minimize that the grief that we go through and the loss, and it's part of our healing process, yeah. but learning to be able to, while I'm crying to say, I'm not staying here. Yeah. I think that the more we recognize that it's okay to feel our feelings and actually give ourselves permission to experience our emotions and feel what's going on in our bodies and in our minds and our spirits, the more we are equipped to then come to the end of the crying session or yes. the rage session, whatever big emotions coming out and say with some confidence, okay, that actually moved the needle for me. That actually made a difference expressing yep. it and, and experiencing this <clears throat> now what so what would you you mentioned how much you like to read and I'm sure there are some other incredibly insightful and encouraging resources that you've read what else would you direct someone to if mm -hmm. they're in that place where they're like okay I see what I'm going through I just need to gain some gain some insight for my story before I trudge forward onto something new my new favorite that I'm currently reading is Atomic Habits. Um, oh, yeah. And so I'm in, I, I am um, reading that one right now. But I'm, I, I, I forget. It's like I all of the stuff in my brain is a conglomeration of a lot of different <laughs> resources that I forget. And I have to go back and look. There are so many uh, choices. And just by reading an encouraging book can pull your mindset in a different direction. And there are so many, all you got to do is Google a topic and you can find encouraging books anymore of all kinds of resources and free at the library. You know, there's, yeah. there's all kinds of resources that people can do. We don't have to stay where we are unless we choose to. Yeah. Um, I, one of my favorite declarations for me is my past does not determine my future. And my past might be five minutes ago when I had an, uh, when I was angry or I feel like I made a mistake or I said the wrong thing. My past does not determine my future unless I let it. We get to choose. That's the thing with imagination and being able to chart your own life, write your own book, be your own author. Mm -hmm. You get to choose intuition 
is tapping into that part of you that says, this is who I want to be. Now, what's one thing I could do to get there? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it's thinking in a way that I haven't thought before, because all I could see was despair. And so beginning to use my intuition, to listen to my spirit, to Mm -hmm. whatever word you want to use for that, to be able to know what are some next steps to take and listen to your gut. That's a, and because every person I've ever talked to can say, there were times I knew I shouldn't do that. And I did it anyway. And then there was negative results. Then at that moment, we can stay in the place of beating ourselves up for not listening, or we can use it as a growth place to say, next time I'm going to listen to my gut. Um, Every woman I've ever asked, was there one guy that you knew you shouldn't go out on the date with and you did (laughs) (laughs) or whatever? There's all kinds of ways that listening to our intuition can save us pain if we choose to listen. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's an interesting thing too, to say, listening to your gut. I say it often and I have a very strong, as I call it, BS meter. And so when I connect in with my gut instincts, I'm connecting with a place where I actually was raised in a, in a secure home for the most part. And so my gut is connected to things that are that feel safe, that feel secure and that I can trust. And I know a lot of people who are going through loss have also, like we were talking about ACE scores earlier, have trauma that's connected as well, where they can't trust their gut instinct. And so mm-hmm. it's a such a beautiful thing to be able to help someone walk through what it looks like to actually know who they are mm-hmm. and to connect with their gut and to identify it as a source of wisdom and a safe place to trust as opposed to this, um, piece of us that is maybe manipulated or unworthy or not good enough or uh, insert harmful adjective here. Right. And so I, I think that one of our superpowers is learning what our gut instinct sounds like and really letting that guide us who, to who we want to become rather than trying to continue to grieve our, our hopes for the future by fitting into someone else's ideal. So <sighs> that's a whole nother conversation, but anyway, yes. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Donna, is there um, anything else that you would want our audience to know about any new projects or exciting things coming up that you want to share about or anything like that? Well, I have um, created a free masterclass that I would like to share with your listeners. Yeah. And it is called Unlocking Your Six Extraordinary Superpowers That You Were Born With That You're Probably Not Aware. And this is an hour-long masterclass with an accompanying guidebook, absolutely free. And it goes through more in-depth. Imagination and intuition are two of those gifts but it's going to be in different perspective than perhaps you've looked at them before. I mentioned imagination. So many times we use imagination to hurt ourselves instead of help ourselves. It's like cutting an apple with a knife and you've never used a knife before Mm -hmm. and you turn the knife around backwards and you're sawing on the apple and it won't open, you know, it won't cut. And then you cut yourself. Mm -hmm. We throw down the knife and I'm never using a knife again. 
um, that kind of thing. And that's the same thing with intuition is we find that it, during our trauma, things didn't work right, you know, and, and so I want to throw it all down because I don't know how to work it right. And so I go into those and, um, other gifts, there's six of them to be able to help people to learn how to unlock these because when we use them improperly or the way they were not designed, maybe a better way of saying it, we can hurt ourselves and cause us self more stress as opposed to what they were designed is our imagination is there to give us hope and to be creative of our future. So I'd like to make that available. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Donna. I will make sure that everybody has a link for that. And again, everybody, this is Donna Tashjan. She is the founder of Vibrant Living and she's an incredibly insightful life mastery coach that I hope you will take time to look up and connect with online. Um, Thank you, Donna, for making time to be here and for bringing your insight. We appreciate it. You're welcome. My pleasure, Mandy. Thank you for listening to episode 57 of Restorative Grief. Imagination is a powerful tool, but we don't need to veer off into fantasy land to escape the very real circumstances of our lives. The events that lead us to where we stand today can be as basic as plot points, allowing us to intuit what might be true and what might be holding us back. But learning to listen to our intuition, gut instincts, or even to trust our own hearts and minds is a lifelong work and a privilege. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try it. It means we owe it to ourselves to connect with others who are trustworthy, compassionate, and willing to walk through our losses with us so we can walk through it with ourselves. If this is your first time listening to Restorative Grief, I want to thank you for making the time to be here. I know grief work is exhausting, and sometimes we have no idea what we want. So if that's you, I just want to remind you you're not alone in it. I know that might sound empty, but I mean it. I'm here. And so are many other people in the Restorative Grief community. I go through days where what I want changes hourly, and that's expected when life keeps shifting around us. So if you need permission to make a little time today to step back and ask yourself what you might want or who you might want to be in the future, then consider this your permission to do just that. And one last thing before I go, please remember the only solution for grief is to do the work of grieving. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.